0: The views expressed in this program are those of the participants.
1: Our story begins, as these stories often do, with a young up-and-coming politician. He's a deeply religious man and a member of the Conservative Party. He's completely single-minded and has no regard for the political process. The more power he attains, the more obvious his zealotry, and the more aggressive his supporters become. Eventually his party launches a special project in the name of national security. At first, it's believed to be a search for biological weapons and its pursued without regard to its cost. However, the true goal of this project is power, complete and total hegemonic domination.
0: Welcome everyone, it is Thursday, October 28th, 2021. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing, it's Just Right.
2: Fade into colour,
0: colour into black and white. Under the clothes, everything will be alright. Our opener from the movie V for Vendetta pretty much describes our own political situation today. Only, you know, I think our situation is worse. While the true goal of our politicians is power, complete and total hegemonic domination, our politicians are not in search of bioweapons pretending to protect us from them but are using bioweapons against us in their pursuit of that domination. The bioweapons come in the form of injections, being falsely called vaccines, and the push to have us all vaccinated, quote-unquote, has never been greater than it is now. Why is that? Where is it all heading? That's the riddle we'll try to answer right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org. Hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. Follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform and visit us at justrightmedia.org where you can access all of Just Right's social media links and our archived broadcasts. As always, your financial support is appreciated and is what makes this show possible. Still unvaccinated in Ontario? Expect a call from the government. That was the headline in the National Post on October 18th, 2021, with a subheading, These calls are legitimate. (laughs) Outreach campaigns to reach the unvaccinated now include phone calls to anyone with a health card, written by Deborah Stokes. And I quote, Canada has reached a vaccination rate of 71% of the population now fully vaccinated. Shows the latest health data. Thanks to Vax vans, mobile clinics, and pop-up shots, in community centres, arenas, and churches. But millions of Canadians remain who haven't been vaccinated against COVID-19 due to barriers to access because they are hesitant or resistant. In Ontario, that number is nearly 2 million people according to the latest population figures and based on a vaccination rate of 83% of the population fully vaccinated. Now, the unvaccinated in the province can expect a call from the health department
3: this is the Ontario provincial vaccine contact center I'm going to speak to you today about booking a COVID 19 vaccination appointment if you haven't already done so we are encouraging you to book an appointment by visiting the middle East London website or any pharmacy in your area if you have any questions regarding this message please call the provincial vaccine contact center at one thank you and have a good day
1: End of
0: messages. Got that call on my home landline this past Monday morning. And honestly, I couldn't make out any of the details in the message. All I heard was something about, we're booking a COVID-19 vaccine appointment, and if you haven't done so already, we're encouraging you to book an appointment by visiting, blah, blah, blah. And then I couldn't really make out any of the details. You know, that caller doesn't realize how lucky she is (laughs) that I never answer my home landline. But the article continues, at least one regional health unit in the province has put its residents on notice. The Northwestern Health Unit, which covers a large area west of Thunder Bay to the Manitoba border, put out a public statement saying the Ontario Ministry of Health calls are intended to help answer questions and ensure unvaccinated residents know how and where to get vaccinated. Northwestern Health Unit wants to inform the public that these calls are legitimate and urges the public to take the opportunity to gain information about the vaccine and to make an appointment for their shot. The October 14 statement said just over 80% of the people in the region, 81.3% are fully vaccinated. The Ontario Ministry of Health confirms the calls are part of a vaccine outreach campaign by the Provincial Vaccine Contact Centre and are targeting anyone with a health card but without a vaccination. This includes a campaign that is currently ongoing to offer first doses. These calls are from live agents and are only to offer information and an opportunity to book an appointment, a ministry spokesman confirmed in an email. Listen to this. To reach the unvaccinated, the government is tapping into databases of contact information provided to the Ministry of Health when registering for or renewing a health card, as well as databases containing information pertaining to vaccines already administered to persons in Ontario. Anna Miller, a spokesperson with the ministry, explained, "The Ministry of Health has the authority under section 37.1C of the Personal Health Information Protection Act." 2004, to use and link the information from these databases for planning and delivering the COVID-19 vaccination program. Amazing how something called your Health Information Protection Act is actually doing the opposite. they are not protecting your, your health information. This includes contacting individuals to encourage vaccination, Miller said. Other outreach programs in Ontario and elsewhere in the country have ramped up to reach the final groups of the unvaccinated, targeting areas with vulnerable populations or low vaccination rates. Other initiatives, such as the growing number of employers adopting vaccine mandates, along with vaccine passport programs in some provinces, have also helped the campaign to get more people vaccinated and end the pandemic. One of the last remaining community centers that have yet to be conscripted in the nationwide vaccine campaign are schools, which have been used in the past to help administer vaccine shots to children. It remains to be seen if, once a COVID vaccine is approved for under 12s, schools will be used again as a site for shots, end quote. Well, I don't know about you, but this stuff is right out of a science fiction fantasy horror story. Only we're being forced to live it in the real world. The growing number of employers adopting vaccine mandates is a consequence of the growing threats of fines and lockdowns by the government against these employers. The vaccine passport programs are a social obscenity, a political obscenity. They should ne- such a thing should never be even discussed in a free society. The government agents call and they tell you that they're booking a COVID-19 vaccine appointment, but there's no such thing. First of all, COVID-19 is a disease that no longer exists. Hello? This term now means anything that those using it want it to mean. I mean, anything that is except the original non-existent disease of that name. COVID-19 equals the rebranded flu, says Britain's Dr. Vernon Coleman. That's all they're doing. The virus originally attributed to the cause of COVID-19 was called SARS-CoV-2. Remember that? Remember that name? How many variants ago was that? Well, it no longer exists. The injections are a gene therapy, not a vaccine, and the injections were not created to protect us from a disease called COVID-19. That's how they were sold, but that's not what they were made to do. That the provincial government would even dare to contact private citizens in their own homes to encourage vaccination is an unconscionable, immoral, and unthinkable act. It is also a warning that they'll be physically entering your homes for the purposes of encouraging us to commit potential suicide, because that's what it is. And anyone participating in this process, if we had any justice at all, should be held accountable for their responsibility regarding any damages, loss of life, or injury that results from such a so-called vaccine. The evidence... Regarding the health and life-threatening risks associated with these injections is simply overwhelming. The fact that our officials are simply ignoring that evidence or worse, telling us that the adverse reactions are to be expected and are part of the vaccination process is part of an ever-changing narrative being spun to push a never-changing objective. They say that their objective is to end the pandemic, and worse, that the pandemic won't end, until 100% of the population has been injected. Yet another lie. There is no pandemic, never was. There is now a greater problem from a vaccine pandemic, and what's triply bizarre is that even on that point, the vaccine pushers fully admit that the pandemic will continue indefinitely, as even their 100% imagined injected victims will still require perpetual injections. Injections mandated by our politicians who are in bed with the injection manufacturers. D- Does not no one see this? And as the National Post article concluded, one of the last remaining community centers that have yet to be conscripted in the nationwide vaccine campaign are schools. Wow. Which to me is the most unthinkable crime against humanity anyone could propose. And note the use of that word conscripted when applied to the nationwide vaccine campaign. And so much for confidentiality when it comes to our medical information in the hands of a state government, right? Provincial vaccine contact centers are targeting anyone with a health card but without a vax. Well, they got my number, didn't they? Which means, you know, they have my address too. The state tracking process is already well underway. And that's here in Ontario, just where I happen to live. But to understand what's happening, we cannot allow ourselves to be too locally focused or we'll miss the big picture. Never let the conscious awareness escape your mind that what is happening in your local area is also happening throughout the entire Anglosphere. The English-speaking nations and those nations most closely tied to the Anglosphere. For example, the following October 22nd conversation between Stu Peters and Dr. Jane Ruby reflects the same situation and agenda that we here in Ontario are experiencing.
4: We have to pause for a minute and think about what exactly it is that we're dealing with. We are dealing with mandates and an incessant push, constitutional overreach, complete violation of individual liberty, inherent God-given rights, You're being mandated to take this shot being falsely referred to as a vaccine. Proven to be dangerous and deadly in the name of a virus that virtually affects nobody. 99.989% of people who contract COVID-19 beat it with their own God-given immunity. With no ivermectin, with no hydroxychloroquine, with no increased vitamin D, no zinc, no quercetin, all of those things. On their own, 99.989 kids virtually affected zero. And now we're being told that these shots that have been proven to be dangerous and in many cases deadly are going to be forced on your five to 11 year old kids. Dr. Jane Ruby joins us. Now the FDA is doing this mix and match thing. What is this going to cause in our
2: society? I mean, it sounds like chaos. The FDA came out with something really stunning yesterday. In fact, they put it in a thread of tweets. Uh, They came out to tell the American public that they were authorizing uh, a mix and match approach to this booster situation. Sue, this makes absolutely no sense. There's no data to support it. I mean, people have to stop and think, as you said, what are you going to be, lemmings? You know, lemmings are little mice that just kind of follow the herd and they commit suicide by going off the cliff because all the other ones ahead of them are doing it. Look, they came out in the, and if you go to their website based on this mix and match recommendation that they've made, um, they've said that they looked at 149 people subjects uh, with a Moderna product and they said that you can use one half of a dose. Where is that coming from? Based on what? You have to start demanding proof of this. Then, then they came out and said that they looked at thirty-nine people subjects in the Johnson and Johnson, and you can use the full dose for their for a booster for them. Stu, so this entire mix and match. Uh, is very to me is potentially deadly. It's going to create tremendous confusion because when you're injured with whatever injury, or if you're if you die, if your family member dies, you're not going to be able to pinpoint possibly which product caused it, uh, or worse, you're going to have two products involved. Look, the FDA has its own guidance documents that it puts out to industry. These are minimal requirements, minimal standards. There's one, the number is 134581. I implore people to go look at it. I provided your producers with it. You've got the title right there it's called clinical drug interaction studies there's a requirement to study drug drug interactions or entity you know versus entity interactions before you make a recommendation that you can interchange drugs or use them together they're not even they're they're suggesting that you use them together that you can take your first series or whatever product you use and then you know within 6 months use utilize another company's product we know for example that the Pfizer and the Moderna mechanisms of action utilize an mRNA uh, computer-generated code that's never been seen in nature before, encapsulated and transported by a lipid nanoparticle that can be made oftentimes with graphene sheets. This has all been proven very dangerous and deadly. Um, And so now, and and then you compare that to Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca that use an adeno vector virus uh, uh, approach, gets you to the same place your body's forced to make billions of these synthetic spike proteins that are causing all kinds of damage to your heart, your immune system, your other organs, and fertility. So to now mix and say it's it's like a bonanza. Yeah, let's. What is the desperation, Stu? There's an incredible desperation here. Uh, it's just unbelievable. And so I'm asking people to say, you know, okay, forget just wait. Hell no. This is dangerous. Dr. Ruby, un- I mean,
4: let's just simplify this. So like right down to the core, this is all fake. This is a fake hoax. It's, this it's is, a totally this fake hoax. This is a hoax. virus that doesn't really kill.
2: There's no pandemic anymore. No. By definition.
4: There's, and, and the variants. I mean, I, I, I don't understand. How do you have a variant of something that has never been isolated other than on a computer in some lab somewhere? How do I mean? How do you, I mean, how do you lab, test for a variant?
2: Yes, and any lab that you ask, how are you diagnosing the variant? We don't. They can't even prove they're diagnosing because we know the PCR test doesn't work. How are you diagnosing a specialized variant? No lab can tell you. Okay. What they're now, diagnosing
4: just, is a set of symptoms that has been branded as a product, which is now being marketed and sold as fear to force compliance into the other product that is turning people into eternal reigners of power with an unprecedented um, unilateral authority, and you're turning them into trillionaires.
2: Absolutely. And Stu, I, I just want people to understand something. In drug development, we have rules and regulations. We have safety uh, things in place. When when you Before you can recommend or advocate or authorize a mix-and-match approach, You're talking about you have to show safety in what we call drug-drug interaction studies. What do those studies look at? Very quickly, they look at whether one drug alters the pharmacokinetics of the other. They look at whether the drugs uh, change the magnitude of of one injection over the other. You also need to understand the clinical significance. uh, In other words, what is happening to the person? Will they have more side effects? Will they have different types of side effects? Is there a synergistic? All of this, Stu, has not been done. They cannot show you that this has been done. And in fact, they don't provide any data. They just tell you to go mix and match, have a ball. Uh, Prescribers, look, Stu, we now know that these companies have uh, have indemnity against legal liability. But you know what, Stu? The doctors uh, authorizing it and pushing their patients to get it, the people injecting and shoving the needles in the arms and about to shove the needles in the arms of five to 11-year-olds are not immune. <laughs>
4: 12 to 17 year old males have uh, a likely six times more likelihood of having a severe heart issue uh, myocarditis than they do of having a severe illness to COVID-19. We just heard a doctor yesterday who said that an unprecedented amount of babies are dying just hours after birth with pulmonary hemorrhage. Uh, The only common denominator in all of those deaths. And by the way, all of these babies are dying from the same exact thing, pulmonary hemorrhage. Uh, The common denominator is the moms were vaccinated. Uh, So the baby was vaccinated basically in vitro and or breastfeeding shortly after birth, they've all died within 48 hours. So now we have this age group in between five to 11. Do we have any reason to believe medically as a pharmaceutical researcher, any reason to believe that the same exact things will not affect five to 11 year olds?
2: Stu, this is a runaway train of dead and injured babies and children. Pfizer has already come out with their briefing document. Uh, They're already saying in their briefing document that children five to 11, by the way, they studied 264 children. That is not a study for adequate study for safety. They are claiming that it is safe and effective for children, uh, that there is 91% effective. Sue, it's like Groundhog Day. We're repeating the same steps that we repeated in general eight or nine months ago.
4: Any parent who gives this shot to their kids is, seriously, there's something mentally wrong with you. Look around, look around. I mean, your kid is not affected by this virus, okay? Period, I mean, virtually no kids are affected by this virus. So many kids have been affected or dead as a result of these shots. Why in the world would you ever give this to your kid? I just don't understand it. I'm out of time. Dr. Jane Ruby, thank you so much for being here.
2: You bet, Stu. Do
4: not be fatalists. You fight, fight, fight. I don't want to hear these comments about, oh, they don't care. They don't care. No, no, no. Stop what you are doing. Make your voice heard. You make your demands heard and you let these sociopaths know that your child will not be receiving these shots. People are around people who have had these shots and are getting ill. We've already heard from one person who had two miscarriages in a matter of months. Today, we heard that from a healthcare worker from the Mayo Clinic. The list of people emailing this show Every day, who have been injured by these things. I mean, we could do hours of these first-person testimonials of horrific injuries, and they want to give this thing to five to eleven-year-old kids. Babies are dying. We fight. We fight this. This has got to be the. I mean, if seriously, if this isn't the line in the sand, what is?
0: Well, that's a good question, isn't it? You know, I have to say, when it comes to these gene therapy injections, I totally share Stu Peter's views on the topic. In particular, that we shouldn't even be entertaining any notion of taking these perpetual vaccinations. And certainly, since the very beginning of this pandemic, I have been calling the masking of children and the administration of these injections to children, child abuse. And I simply cannot understand how parents would do that to their children. Again, given the facts and the evidence about both the injections and masks. I mean, I don't say these things just because I feel like it. And I feel very confident in my assessment. Not because of some virtue signaling exercise in which the vaccine advocates are engaged. But because I know the facts. I know the principles of the science. I know the principles of the medicine. I know the statistics, how they manipulate them. And I understand the politics. None of these things exist in isolation. I remember right at the very beginning this whole idea of mix and match that they were talking about. That was one of my first observations as this whole vaccine rollout began way back when. Take the first vaccine you can get was the general theme of the politicians. AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. I don't know what they had out then. The haphazard way in which the whole campaign has been conducted, is nothing short of criminal. No information given about the contents of the injections. No liability on on the part of the manufacturers. But as we just heard, that may not even apply to at least doctors and others who are pushing or administering the shots. Take note. That could be true here in Canada too. And never mind the smoking gun of banning hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and then prescribing the deadly remdesivir. Talk about a criminal conspiracy of death and destruction that could take up another whole show or two just to discuss the details of that crime. It is a gene therapy. They used to call it experimental gene therapy. An injection that literally is supposed to alter your gene makeup and coding. Understand this. The only possible benefit... And a demonstrably false one at that, from the jabs that related to anything to do with a virus, was that those vaccinated might not suffer as badly. That's what they were promising. If they contract the disease, not the virus, still being falsely called COVID-19. You know, I'm beginning to believe that there never was anything experimental about these vaccines, even when they were using that term. I think they know exactly what they're doing and what they want to continue doing. The garbage that's being found in the injection vials themselves are quite literally sickening and they're like right out of science fiction technology. These are not vaccines as anyone understands them. It is impossible to even talk about this reality in any cohesive term or understanding because none of the words being used and promoted mean what those words are supposed to mean. You know what a therapy is? Look in the Funk and Wagnalls Dictionary. A therapy is the treatment of disease, treatment activity, etc., intended to remedy or alleviate a disorder or undesirable condition. So what I want to know, given that the word therapy was actually used by the purveyors of these concoctions, exactly what disorder or undesirable condition were these quote-unquote therapies supposed to address? It wasn't covid And I have my own thoughts as to the answer to that question, and they've got nothing to do with curing any disease. And what is a vaccine? A vaccine is any preparation containing bacteria or viruses so treated as to give immunity from specific diseases when injected into the subject. Now, this is not the way these injections are designed, nor are they directed at a specific disease, nor do they provide any immunity, but in fact decrease immunity. These are the facts. These are what we're seeing. This is what is emerging. Unbelievable. Vaccinate. To vaccinate means to inoculate with a vaccine as a preventative measure. Well, I could write a book on this one concept alone, preventative, and how that has been a key to the entire destruction of our healthcare system, called health care, by the way, precisely because of its preventative nature. Preventative medicine should never be a state concern. What people need is a sick care system, not a health care system. And that's exactly what we no longer have. We don't have a sick care system or a health care system for that matter. And of course a virus is any of a class of filterable, submicroscopic, pathogenic agents chiefly protein in composition but often reducible to crystalline form and typically inert except when in contact with certain living cells also called filterable virus. And of course a pathogen is any disease-producing bacterium or microorganism, pathogenic being the production of disease. But of course Viral disease is not what this whole pandemic is about. And to speak to that reality, coming up next are parts of an excellent interview conducted by Dan Dix of Press for Truth on October 18. His guest, believe it or not, was former British Columbia Premier Bill Van Der And here we're talking, what, late 80s, early 90s, if memory serves me correct. But given his past position as an elected Premier of a Canadian province, I've got to admit... I was kind of surprised by his take on this whole COVID pandemic. One not so unlike what we ourselves have been saying since day one.
5: What are your thoughts on just this current segregation? It's like a two-tier society of the vax versus the unvax, where you have to have a mandated vax passport to take part in society. If you want to go to a restaurant, you want to go to the the bars, you want to go to the sporting events, you're going to have to
1: get the Vax Pass. What are, what are your thoughts on the mandates that are coming down these days? I think uh, a lot of people are somewhat upset and more so every day with the fact that uh, we're beginning to think maybe there's some other program, there's a different end game here. And I know some people would argue it's all about money and I know there's people making lots of money during all of this. Uh, we know that the chemical companies The pharmaceutical companies are are making fortunes. And then again, uh, I I guess there's something beyond that. Uh, It's so strange that everyone has to be vaccinated. Why does everyone have to be vaccinated? And they'll try to get people in no matter what it takes, as you've already said. They've got various things, coercions happening to try and get people in. Why is that all? So it makes me think maybe there's another end game, and the other only end game I see is that somebody's trying to establish a reset. And our own prime minister was the first, very early on to make a mistake. and mentioned this in one of his press releases that he, this was an opportunity for the great reset. Mm-hmm. That scares me. When people in government are talking about great resets Mm -hmm. and they're not consulting with us, the people, as to what this might be, it's scary. I think the end game is fascism, maybe communism. I think communism, in my opinion, is the more likely route that they want to go because it came out of China. They have a different type of communism there. It's not like Stalin used to have it. It's different. And... uh, I guess when they talk about the Great Reset, they're talking about a globalist type of government, a global government, someplace in Europe or Asia, who knows where. And unfortunately, um, we won't know. It'll be done without our knowledge because this COVID could be used to do so many things they couldn't do otherwise. Right. But they have to have everybody in, it seems, in order to make it work properly for them. It has to be, if there's a global government, it has to be a communistic or a fascist type of government. You can't have a democracy and rule globally. That won't work. It's got to be dictatorship. The, the, the sort of democracy we're accustomed to won't work globally. Mm-hmm. They can't keep it together that way. Well, most dictatorship. Most
5: people are, are not going to want to go for such a thing. And I, I, would, I would have thought that there would have been people resisting these things that are happening today. Um, why do you think there seems to be uh, so many people just acquiescing to this and just going along with this willingly? Is, is, can it be blamed on the media? Is it just misinformation? Or, or what do you think is the reasons that a lot of people are just acquiescing to this and, and going along with it?
1: I know. It's scary. People are acquiescing. They're, they think there's no other option. And there is another option, obviously. Why is it? Well, for, for one thing, this new type of communism, fascism, or whatever it is they want to establish globally, uh, it seems to be well received by the multi-billionaires. And I can understand, we've, we're basically, during this COVID period, doing the little businesses out of business. If this carries on much longer, there won't be any little businesses. It'll be only big corporations such as you see it in China. In China, the big companies are still flourishing with the blessings of the government because they can deal with the big corporations. They can't deal with all those little governments. Democracy, free enterprise, in the old sense, doesn't work during that type of system.
5: I believe it's at the end of the month now, uh, here in Canada, you will not be able to board an airplane and to fly out of this country and to get the heck out of here if, uh, unless you have a vaccine. It, 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 are we really free in this country if you literally can't leave without having a vaccine?
1: No. They're taking our, they're taking our freedom away. And unfortunately, the majority of the people yet... Don't realize that if they take this one thing and get away with it, nobody protests, it simply happens and then carries on. It'll get worse and worse. They'll pick up other things. And eventually, everything will be controlled. Some people are even suggesting that the vaccine, which we don't know exactly what it's made of, yeah, I don't know what all is in there, but. Most people don't. No, nobody really knows. Well, somebody knows. Mm -hmm. And all of this was known for some time. I mean, this didn't happen. All of a sudden, these things are, you'll have to agree, uh, they're well organized somehow. They've been planning this for years. So how is it that, you know, the top doctors, the top health officials, Bonnie Henry,
5: Adrian Dixon, these guys, uh, cannot see it for what it is? Do you think they're just uh, kind of doing the status quo, towing the the, the line? Do, Do you think they actually believe the things they're saying today?
1: Wow, that's a very good question. I ask myself that every day. Do they really know this is happening, or are they so dumb that they can't see through it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And strangely enough, it's the NDP, it's the Liberals, it's the Conservatives, they're all singing from the same song sheet. Right. It's crazy. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen in my entire life.
5: What are maybe some words of advice or suggestions you would have for people to, to just navigate this new space that we've all
1: found ourselves in? First of all, I appreciate very much what you're doing it's not being done enough. If I turn on any Canadian TV station today, chances are they're talking about COVID nine times out of 10. And when they're talking about COVID, it's all sort of one way COVID. Do this, do that. You must do this. We've all got to get on board, all that sort of stuff. The media is definitely one way on it. So I don't know, but what can be done? Um, I guess we need more like you, Dan, to get out there and Spread the message. Right.
5: We do have to counter this narrative at every step of the way. The the propaganda is incredibly thick right now. Uh, One of the things I often tell my audience is you have to get to the the point where you're no longer dependent on the government, dependent on the banks, or necessarily even dependent on the grocery stores. Because it seems, you know, they're saying that these mandates are just for non-essential services right now. But do you think it could eventually lead to the essentials? Oh,
1: yeah. The next thing, they won't let me out of the house if you're not faxed. You don't know what it'll all lead to but it's not good and it's it's one of the reasons i guess i'm saying this and a lot of people are beginning to say it is because they're not leveling it doesn't appear like they're leveling with us nobody's really telling us what's happening how it's happening why it's happening and even when they somebody comes out and says well you know uh hydrochloroquine or uh uh, ivermectin these may be remedies for the virus uh, they're not allowed. You're not even allowed to talk about it. As a matter of fact, if a doctor mentions something supportive of it, they'll lose their license. I don't know what's happening. It's so scary. So
5: you've seen the, the censorship amongst the scientists, the doctors, um, the people who have been, the peer-reviewed
1: journals that have been posted. They're, they're not being uh, aired on the mainstream media, right? Definitely not. I had a, a health person, very nice person, that's that's very up on this tell me that this is a corporate thing this is a corporate pandemic Mm -hmm. he calls it the corporate pandemic that says something too but you know what they're afraid then he told me if i told you if i told people publicly what i'm telling you i'd lose my license i'd be out yeah so it's yeah, it's, it's the worst thing I've seen in my whole life, and it's scary, and people have to begin questioning things, right. and the politicians should be involved. I don't hear from any politicians in the province here, nobody's speaking out except, yeah, the Premier or, or Dix will get up and talk about how necessary it is for everybody to get the, the, the facts, mm-hmm. but um, nobody's really explaining anything. Yeah,
5: I mean, it, it does seem like it's, it's marching us into this Big Brother scenario where everybody's tracked, traced, and databased uh, moving
1: forward, right? Yeah, we'll be totally controlled, right. totally controlled. Forget about freedoms after this because they've started it now. The mandates are the beginning, only the very beginning of things.
0: You are listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. When a lifelong Canadian politician starts to describe this country's political situation as the scariest thing I've seen in my entire life, maybe it's time more of us woke up and smelled the fascism that is permeating everything that we are doing. It's our politicians who are the problem, not a virus. Now, believe it or not, the infamous Chris Skye was in London, Ontario on Saturday, October 16, and on the day before his appearance... This story ran on the front page of the London Free Press. Headline, We're not closing during rally, core merchants say. Written by Dan Brown, and the subheading reading, Biz Group advising members to shut during Saturday Vax mandate demo. Quote, To downtown business owners vow to keep their doors open during a Saturday rally at Victoria Park organized by an anti-restrictions activist. Despite advice, from the group that represents them to temporarily close their shops. In an email sent Thursday to members, downtown London said business owners may want to consider locking their doors while the rally organized by Chris Skye is being held. Individuals attending this rally may become confrontational if they refuse service at a business because they are not in compliance with the mask mandate, the email says. But Adam Winkler, owner of Wink's Eatery on Richmond Street across from the park, said his doors will stay open. We're not closing Saturday. We're not going to close because I'm not going to let them win. No one's going to intimidate us to close, he said. We can't afford to close. By closing, it's just going to hurt us more. And at this point, Winkler cited an incident where four maskless people snuck onto his patio, apparently challenging his manager to break the rules imposed by the province. But the article continues. Winkler City supports the right to protest, but the bottom line is my staff don't deserve to be harassed. All I'm trying to do is survive, he said. We have to follow the rules. Jonathan Bancroft-Snell, owner of the downtown art gallery that bears his name, said closing his business voluntarily would be ludicrous. Barbara Malley, executive director of downtown London, said the email went to members after conversations she had in recent weeks. I know there have been confrontations between owners and those opposed to public health measures, she said. End quote. Well, you can see how the business community is getting it from both sides of the debate. They're the guys on the front lines, forced to do the government's dirty work for them. Make no mistake, small business is both the target and the enemy of our governments today. From Doug Ford to Mayor Holder to the downtown government associations pretending to represent business by ruining it. By the way, what's being called downtown London is not a merchants association. It is a state-created business improvement area created under provincial legislation The so-called members are merely members because they're forced to pay a tax to this involuntary business association which spends their money on frivolous and destructive projects. I know this because the Freedom Party of Ontario defeated dozens of these fraudulent associations over the years and you can read all about it online if you're so inclined. But when Winkler declared, we're not going to close because I'm not going to let them win, he was referring to downtown London, not to the protesters. Well, sure enough, Chris Guy showed up at the Saturday rally, and in its coverage of that event, the London Free Press pretty much ignored Sky entirely, except for a few of its usual character attacks, so as to avoid, you know, discussing the issues being raised. Instead, here's how the front page headline of October 19th London Free Press read. Headline, Anti-Vax Rally Rumble at City Hall by Dale Carruthers and Jane Sims subheading Mayor Vow's ethics complaint over Counselor's councillor's role at weekend protest. And under the headline is a half-page photo described by the paper as, quote, Word 1 councillor Michael Van Holst, seen here addressing a Saturday anti-COVID-19 vaccination mandate rally in Victoria Park, will face a complaint to London City Hall's ethics watchdog over his role in the demonstration, Mayor Ed Holder said Monday, end quote. Well, Holder's one of those supposedly conservative politicians referred to in our show opener today get a load of this quote london's mayor is vowing to go to city council's ethics watchdog personally to complain about a colleague who addressed a weekend anti-vaccination rally Ward one michael van holst an outspoken critic of public health measures to help guard against the spread of covid19 was a featured speaker at the protest which drew more than 1500 people to victoria park on saturday Will I file a complaint? The answer is yes, Holder said during a media briefing Monday. In which, without naming Van Holst, he noted it was not lost on me that a city council member not only attended, but spoke at the protest, which was organized by an anti-restrictions activist opposed to vaccination mandates for police. Unfortunately, I'm not surprised, but I'm horribly disappointed, Holder said. He's openly and visibly defying and undermining council policy by virtue of his participation. As such, it would not surprise me in the least if complaints are filed with the integrity commissioner regarding those actions. Anyone can file a complaint with the integrity commissioner, said the mayor, whose office confirmed hours later it was working on that against Van Holtz. We should all file one against the mayor, by the way. Van Holtz defended his decision to speak at the protest, saying he expected some backlash. Everyone's entitled to their own opinions, he said. I believe very strongly in freedom. At Saturday's rally, Van Holtz praised the crowd, estimated by police at between 1,500 and 2,000 people, for standing up for their beliefs. Now, as an aside, personal observers I spoke to estimated the crowd between four and 5,000, but the mere fact this event even made it to the front page is something. is remarkable. London has seen anti-restrictions protests before, most drawing a few dozen to 200 people, but Saturday's was the largest yet. Well, that's odd. What about the 5,000 people who protested in front of the hospital on September 1st, an event which was covered by the front page of the London Free Press? Anyways, I guess that didn't count. The article continues. Holder dismissed the significance of the crowd size, saying many people came from out of town. They're bringing people in from all over so they can show strength and support because they do not have it in London, he said in an interview. They're losing. They know they're losing. They're losing public opinion. Because of that, they're increasingly desperate. End quote. Well, as for my part, I dismiss Holder and all of City Hall because they are using force and coercion and fraud as their supposed methods of persuasion, which makes them evil in every sense of that word. Never once do they address the facts or the realities of what the protesters are saying. They dismiss them, given what those facts are, any such dismissal borders on the criminal or insane. Just based on their quoted statements and their policies, I can only conclude that Ed Holder is a sociopath, as are all the people who do not care about the lives, suffering, and deaths of others caused by their actions. Holder is opposed to freedom of speech. Holder is opposed to freedom of assembly. Holder is opposed to freedom itself. Holder is advocating death. He is a fascist. He does not represent his constituents. He represents himself in his own political interests, his agenda, and power. He has no integrity. What about the various reports, Mr. Holder? What about the thousands upon thousands of individual testimonies and statements about the adverse reactions? Not once have I heard an intelligible acknowledgement or response from any of our politicians on these most basic and fundamental questions. What about consent? What about freedom? I can see they don't give a crap about these things. And I can tell you from personal experience of having lived in this city all my life and having participated in its political process that London City Council has been systematically destroying this city, particularly its downtown, for decades. They follow an explicitly globalist agenda, which we have covered in detail on past episodes of this show, from declaring a climate emergency, to putting bumps and curves and obstacles on our roads, to discourage private travel, to spending millions on useless mass transit schemes, none of which is self-sustaining, Maintaining taxicab monopolies, wasting millions on bike paths that destroy the ability of businesses to function, and on and on. I mean, Flex Street, fighting poverty, affordable housing, property taxes going through the roof, hard services declining. Well, so much for my local political problems. Remember what I said earlier in the show, that this is a global agenda and is therefore happening in other nations as well. Get a load of this fascinating development from Britain, as discovered on the Stu Peters show of October 21.
4: My name is Stu Peters. We still don't know the true origins of COVID-19, but if you had a wild conspiracy theory that it was created to destroy freedom in all English-speaking countries, it wouldn't be a bad theory. Because everywhere the English language is spoken, it seems, centuries of freedom have been obliterated in the name of containing a virus that most people are at near zero risk from. In Canada, the cops will show up at your church on Easter to shut down services. In Australia, people were banned from leaving the country or crossing state lines. They've gone through multiple waves of strict lockdowns. They forced people to download phone apps to confirm that they are where they say they are. Police will even walk up and inspect your coffee cup to make sure it really contains coffee to ensure that you're actually allowed to pull your mask down outside. And then there's the United Kingdom, which has some of the most horrifying behavior of all. A.J. Roberts is a 15-year veteran of the British Army and now hosts the A.J. Roberts Show. He says that he has incriminating evidence against former British Minister of Health Matt Hancock. He says that under Hancock, Britain's socialist healthcare system ordered care homes to use drugs like midazolam and morphine, which instead of saving patients' lives, actually caused their deaths. These government-induced deaths were then blamed on coronavirus and used to force the public to accept mask mandates, universal vaccination, and everything else. AG Roberts joins us now. This sounds like premeditated murder. Am
6: I overstating this? No, not at all, Stu. I think it's uh, very well put. And yeah, that's absolutely correct. Uh, there's um, a document that was produced and some incriminating charges produced against the British government, a number of people within the government, namely Matt Hancock, Christopher Whitty is the chief medical officer, Uh, Amongst other people, uh, there's an 18-page document that was produced, uh, which has gone into sort of like a public inquiry. And um, it's got lots of incriminated evidence that thousands and thousands of elderly and vulnerable people across care homes and healthcare settings across the UK um, were more or less starved, dehydrated, left in isolation. So obviously it would give the effect that they were entirely on their way out and it was their last days they were then given medazolam put on ventilators um, if they needed to and um and and they passed away all whilst like you said having DNR slapped on them at the same time this was happening obviously there was a complete ban from anybody attending the care homes so f- friends family loved ones even people that you know were the next of kin um had no chance of really seeing what was going on um, obviously, there's whistleblowers that have come forward There's uh, care, he- care workers, there's nurses, um, but unfortunately, that you know, it's, although it happened in the thousands in that period, in the March and April of 2020, um, and the similar things happened in the United States with Remdesivir, as um, you know, Dr. Brian Ardis has shared on both our shows. Um, it's something that's actually still happening, unfortunately, within the the UK. Um, not on such a grander scale, but there's a protocol at the moment where people are going into hospitals. They go and have been a chest X-ray. Um, their PCR test is coming back positive every single time, and uh, they're then given uh, remdesivir, which obviously then attacks their kidneys, attacks their lungs, and they're then put on a COVID ward, given with azalam, given, um, put on a ventilator, and nine times out of ten don't survive, and then labelled as a COVID death, as uh, as we all know. Um this is a this is a stark reminder of how sinister this is. And it's not just happening in this country, it's happening in other countries. Now this isn't just brand new news that I'm um sharing with you here. This is like, you know, been known for a little while. It's just getting it out there to people to understand. Um the people I've had on my podcast in the past that have had loved ones that have been taken in this manner have people reaching out to them every week asking for their help because their loved ones gone in, you know, at an elderly age with a bad hip. Um Given a PCR test, comes back positive, put on a COVID ward, and the protocol starts. Has the UK media covered any of this? None at all. They won't. It's um, none at all. It's been completely squashed. Um, And I think we're going to come to a point where the health minister in the UK has already talked and primed the British public, like they love to do. They love to prime the public with what's going to happen, about talking about the NHS staff going to need mandatory vaccinations. Um, I definitely think, without a doubt, this will will end up having a lot of NHS staff coming forward talking about what's really been happening. Um, Obviously, a lot of them, similar to other countries, have been very forced into being in the position they're in through gagging orders, um, threatened with their jobs, their livelihoods, you know, some of them single parents. Um, It's a a, a sinister, sinister world we have going on within healthcare settings in, in all our countries.
4: Are you hopeful that the masses will soon learn the truth?
6: I'm hopeful they will, as long as it gets out quicker, the, sooner rather than later. Really, you know, this is why shows like you're right. You know, yours is absolutely fantastic to help that, um, and just other sort of media, alternative media, sharing. You know how um, you know how terrible this story is, and just how much it needs to get out there. Because at the end of the day the first wave of covid deaths was as a result of thousands of people in care homes being murdered you know and the british public as unlike other countries um being told that it was all these people dying of covid which then led to mass mandates, vaccination programs coming out which as we all know started off quite relaxed and mandatory uh, sorry not mandatory uh, vol- uh, voluntary and uh, and now we're in a position where you know, kids, are, well, it's rolled out here with kids and it's been, they're being completely coerced uh, through education settings and schools. We've had deaths in children um, in the last few weeks. Um, but I think luckily uh, for us, was a, well, a good thing. We've um, some people on behalf of one of the parents of uh, one of the victims um, has actually went to the police uh, where they count, like, pressed charges of murder against the vaccinators and uh, they accepted the charges and they actually had a crime number given to them, which is a huge, huge step. So that's actually in progress now. Um, Other children have since died, unfortunately. Many have have collapsed in classrooms suddenly. I've just seen popping up in in the actual mainstream media and in the local mainstream media, loads and loads of stories of kids dying suddenly. Um, It's uh, it's absolutely tragic what we're seeing here. Who is the accused in the murder case? Uh, I believe it is the school and the uh, vaccinator. That's news to us. So mm. we're going to keep a close eye on
4: that. And we hope to hear back. I'm out of time right now, but I want to dig further into that as well. AJ Roberts, thank you so much for coming with all of this. We really appreciate your reporting. Yeah, as always, too, You
6: know, it's, it's great to give you guys a bit of a catch up of what's happening across the pond. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. That's news to me breaking here. That is great news. In the
4: UK, prosecutors have accepted murder charges for a school and the person who inoculated a young child who then later died after being shot up with these jabs being falsely referred to as vaccines that have proven to be dangerous and in many cases deadly.
0: A sinister, sinister world in our healthcare centers in all our countries, says A.J. Roberts. You know, sinister by definition is left as opposed to being dexterous, which is the right. Did any of you happen to catch the Rebel News media's coverage of conditions of one of those hospitals in Kitchener? Patients left in their own excrement, they have to clean up their own toilets, nobody there, staff shortages? It's disgusting. I've said it before and I'll always keep saying it. We need a reactive sick care system, not a preventative health care system. But it's interesting and encouraging to learn that murder charges pressed against vaccinators have been accepted by police in Britain. We should do the same here. Our politicians and health bureaucrats should have all their names placed on those charges, and I honestly think that this is where a lot of future COVID activity will take place. But until then, the guilty will continue their unprecedented war against the people of a free democracy. The propaganda war against the unvaccinated, upon whom those pushing the vaccines are projecting their own evils and failures is well underway. This COVID pandemic, I have to tell you, has been the longest two weeks of my life. Here's one last thing we should be aware of. This is from Tim Truth of October 17.
3: Hey, everybody. I saw this and I felt like I needed to make a video about this. This is in Alberta, Canada. This is their vaccine check website. And what people found, some sleuths on the Internet found... Is that they have all of these spots that they have hidden right now. But if you look at the source code, you can see that they're ready to unleash this on us. So you can see these variable names here show dose one, show dose two, show dose three, dose four, dose five, dose six, dose seven, dose eight, and also show test. So apparently they don't hide it as much in the EU. People were sharing this screenshot a while back EU digital COVID certificate. Dose one, dose two, dose three, dose four, dose five, all the way to eight. So the key thing here, all the boring code aside, is that there are eight slots and they're ready to turn them on in the future. So it just screams deception to me.
1: Well, I understand the prime minister, Justin, has ordered enough vaccine to take care of us eight times more. So you can expect not to only a second and a third, you can expect another eight over what period, we don't know. Who all gets it? I imagine it'll be for everybody again.
0: Wow. You know, too many people are still making their deals with the sinister devil of government, and doing so either blindly or with the hope that by submitting to some of the most evil and irrational rules and regulations ever devised by mankind, that they might be spared and survive the pandemic. This pandemic is not about your survival. It's about death. Remember all the variants of the well-known statement. First they came for the Jews, but I was not a Jew, so I did nothing. And you can just keep filling in the blanks. And if you're still doing nothing about this political pandemic, I wouldn't be surprised if you're still doing nothing when they come for you. Because you're just next in line. These fascists want 100% submission and compliance. How many will still be alive after the 8th round of poison or do you think that you'll be getting the placebo all eight times think again and if you're wondering what to do for heaven's sake speak out that's the constant repeated message and advice from all of the informed individuals about the true nature of this pandemic that is given to us speak out before you can't that's what bill vanderzam said to dan dix it's what aj roberts said to Stu peters it's what they're all saying And speaking out doesn't mean you have to stand on a street corner pulpit, although that's always an option, but you can also speak out by sharing shows like this, or like Stu Peters, or like Dan Dix, or the hundreds if not thousands of people like them to whom we all owe a great deal of gratitude, because without them, the truth would never be discovered. And that, my dear listeners, is a good enough reason for you to join us Again next week when we'll continue our journey in the right direction and until then be right stay right do right act right think right and be right back here we'll see you then
2: Fade into color,
0: color into black and white under the
1: everything will be all right i only want to know one thing
5: who will save
1: his skin by informing on the other two? Since I'm completely innocent, it was all the idea of Bossy and Bormeister. <laughs> it was your idea!
4: You, you and the Pride!
1: You're all under arrest in quarters.
5: I will see to it that you get a fair trial immediately, after which you will
1: be shot. <laughs> oh, you promised me that. A... Of course, Kling! You will be shot last. <laughs> Thank you, sir. (laughs)